Hey everyone, welcome to episode one of the Women's History Month Women in Sports podcast presented by Athletes for Hope. In this episode, you'll get to hear from WNBA veteran Carolyn Swords and Taylor Tracy, founder of the Virago Project, a nonprofit that delivers evidence-based mental health programming for women athletes. Get ready for a great conversation. Let me turn it over to Carolyn and Taylor. Hello. <laughs> First Instagram live. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you so much. It was stressful. Surprised <laughs> you haven't done this yet. I, I, I know. I was trying to figure out if, if you know, going a year in, into um, the pandemic and making it this far without a live is a good thing or a bad thing. But I'm so excited that you're my first. So let's well, just that. <laughs> I am honored um, to be your first. And also kudos to you for not going live during the pandemic because what we don't need is probably more social media. <laughs> you know, I've found that um, I've tried to cut down on like my mindless scrolling and that that's been a really nice thing. So instead of like sitting with my phone before I wind down and go to sleep, I do something like look at nice photos that someone has taken. I get this, uh, this uh, like newsletter of an Australian photographer who's just shooting photos of the beach and it's a great way to imagine yeah <laughs> oh australia so well i just want to i just want to know more about you i guess we're here to talk about women's history month today and um i guess like first off thank you athletes for hope for um coordinating all of this um, and i know that they do a lot with connecting athletes to causes that they really care about sounds like women's equality is something that you really care about um but yeah, I, so I, I know a little bit about you, but could you tell me a little bit about you, um, what you're up to now? I know you're basketball, WNBA, you played in Australia. Sure. Um, yeah. So yes, everyone, welcome to Athletes for Hope Instagram Live and really excited to be doing this uh, Women's History Month starting this series. Um, so I am um, actually a recently retired WNBA player. I initially retired at the end of the 2019 season. Um, and this time last year was working in the front office for the Las Vegas Aces. And then due to really COVID and, and the situation just being so unknown, jumped back in to the to playing. Um, wow. That was quite an intense road of workouts and getting back from just, you know, I was running outside and then having to get ready to box out some of the best post players in the world is definitely a different type of shape. <laughs> um, so, but we had a great time, you know, the challenges of the bubble were, um, were intense just because it's, it's unprecedented, but we were able to get to the WNBA finals. It was a great group of women. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been just been really fun. Uh, so I've played about 10 years in the league and also played overseas for Spain, Turkey, Italy, Australia, and Poland. And it's been an incredible experience. So um, that's, that's just a bit about me. I'd love to hear about you and the awesome things that you're doing with the Virago Project. Yeah, of course. Well, I love your whole history. That's so awesome that you had this like impromptu comeback season <laughs> leave to go work for was it your team or yeah so it was nice that 
it was all, you know, familiar people. And it was just kind of, it was going to be a nice transition into, I think, the next chapter. And then uh, very shortly thereafter, actually switched back. Um, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> Great. Like, you left, you came back, and then you guys made it to the finals. Come on. It was like, unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> And in such a historic year, too, I feel like, for the WNBA, um, I'm sure you were really feel good about, like, being a part of that. Um, and we can touch on that later. But um, about me, I guess, well, I'm Taylor, um, Taylor Tracy, and I am the founder of Brago Project, which is a nonprofit organization that aims to shed light on the mental health challenges that women athletes are facing. Um, <laughs> And we do this through like workshops, we've set up mentorship programs um, at different universities. Um, we like to blog and provide educational resources like straight through Instagram and um, our website's blog. And we do things like these, like this, like what we're doing here tonight. Um, and I feel like, you know, a lot of the time we'll post content about, um, just about like, human rights, um, women's equality, social justice, whatever. And um, I'm not sure that everyone in our community understands the connection between, for example, women's equality, women like women's athlete equality and their advancement and like mental health. And um, I'm really excited for this conversation because I think that it's going to shed a ton of light on how the two are connected. Um, like directly connected and why it's important um that we propel women and women athletes forward um so yeah that's a little bit about me awesome what inspired you to get going with this project uh, i know i read a little bit that you're a former athlete yourself but to really launch into this organization with so many resources um, you know, that's incredible. And I, I would love to hear more about the inspiration behind that. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, like I, you know, I was an athlete just like you. And so I'm sure we either experienced similar, similar challenges ourselves, just in terms of like the mental side of the game, mm -hmm. not just the game on the court, but also like just the mental aspect of like being an athlete. Um, or at least we both like knew someone who dealt with these struggles but um for me like i guess in college i really struggled with depression towards the end um and also an eating disorder and at in the end of at the end of my well at the beginning end of my professional career because i only played one season in finland mm -hmm. abroad and you know i was invited to come back to the team i started the team like finished like the best ever in their league. Amazing. And, yeah, like, <laughs> but I'm sick, you know, and like, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And it was really a bummer because like, I feel like a lot of people retire because of injury or, you know, for other reasons. But for me, it was solely just because of like, mentally, I was not in a great place. And like, I just had no tools or understanding of like how to even address the issues that I was facing. So mm -hmm. I started diving into some research. Um, I should have gone to therapy, but I didn't. 
<laughs> started diving into research and then just like talking to teammates and different athletes and they were all women and I was like hey I'm not alone in this um yeah. that we like we all struggle with and I was like okay but like why did I have to quit like why can't no one <laughs> right about this before people start quitting their sports left and right <laughs> like so true but there's something to be said for um you know when you're in it you have to sometimes like suspend a little bit of reality. Um, I remember, you know, talking to, so one of my teammates this year, Danielle Robinson and I, we sat in ice, ice tubs every single day after practice. Cause we were playing games, you know, one, we're a little older um, yeah. and we know that that works for us. Right. Two actually felt amazing in the Florida humidity in the summer to just like dunk oh, yeah. it. Ice. Um, but honestly, to just like, game after game every other day it's just how we could like turn our body over quickly and we would look at each other and just wonder like how are we doing this because it you know on the outside and, and you almost have to not think about it too hard um i think that in order to get to the next game cover the scouting report know the plays um and all that you you really have to be in the zone and so to um it is tough that you had you got to this position after you quit but I think it was this I'm sorry retired that's so terrible after you retired okay we don't need to be politically correct it's because you didn't it wasn't quitting it was just like okay you're ready for the next thing and I think it gave you an opportunity to zoom out and just you know I'm kind of going through that now this like all right what can my life look like and that you're able to assess some things that when you're in the thick of it can be really difficult to see. So, um, you know, yeah, I think that's huge. And, and it's awesome that you've been able to use all that knowledge in a really positive way. Um, and it's tough that we seem to, I think this is where this conversation about around mental health is going when someone has to retire for a, you know, a physical injury, that's it because it's very visible and very obvious, like, Oh, you know, they can no longer jump as high, run as fast. Okay. And we don't have those same kind of visual cues when it comes to mental health and mental wellness. Right. Um, it's just as legitimate. So, um, you know, would love to hear if there's any, anything that you've learned through the study that oh. you've done. Sorry, the connection kind of went out uh, when you asked the last question. Would love to hear if there's anything you've- If you like discovered, um any like particular resources that have been helpful or certain conversations that you found helpful and you've been able to share with the groups that you work with yeah um well i think so a like just talking to a friend um is a good place to start um for any mental health conversation um someone you trust someone who is not going to spill your secrets to everyone and you can really confide in um, now, ideally for women athletes, like someone who's also a sportswoman, like your teammate who understands what you're going through, who sees you every day. Um, I think that's huge. And it kind of just like, you know, takes the stigma away too, because like mental health, you know, in society at large is stigmatized. But then when we talk about athletics, it's just this whole other thing. Um, and especially women athletes, because of, you know, we're always trying to prove ourselves like we're we're tough we're strong um so talking to a friend and then going to therapy i think is important 
that should be normalized at this point. Like it's 2021, you, you know, like if you have access, let's go, let's do it. It's, it's all good. Um, and then I would say like using the power of the internet, but like the good power of it. So like go on Google scholar. Um, I did a lot of this and like type in depression and athletes and like, if you're into research and just like looking at studies and like, um, uh, I mean, there, there are scholars out there who study this and have really good resources out there. And that's where I learned a lot about some of the things that I was going through. Um, so yeah, talking to others, doing some research and I think that will help. Um, I'm curious to know if you had any like revelations in that year off that you you took um and kind of like if you were able to zoom out and sort of look at everything like oh like i was going through this like whole WNBA process and like i don't know what was that like you know the funny thing is is that this last season ended up being um statistically and in terms of like minutes probably the best season of my career and um a lot of that was like you know the the situation was just right i joined because we were kind of short on a roster spot and i thought i would just be like okay i can get back in shape to kind of be the backup center that'll be fine and then as um we started to see how our roster was shaping up and some of our international post players weren't going to be able to join us um, i found myself in the starting position i thought oh my gosh this is just okay here we go and um i think because I was so focused on getting back to the shape that I needed to, that I knew I needed to be in, which, um, you know, I, I think a lot of this was possible because I'm a vet. And so I know like, all right, I need to be able to play at this level to guard these other centers. Um, and I was so nervous before the first games because I just wanted, I was like, just look like, you know what you're doing, <laughs> you know? Whereas I think previously it was like, all right, you know, I'm going to try to do this and, um, you know, focus on these things. And because I had um, kind of cut myself some slack and was just like, just make it look like you can keep up, you know, that you're not behind everyone in conditioning, yeah. like you still know how to put the ball in the basket. It actually released me to um, enjoy it a little bit more and, and probably put me in, a, in that like, right state of mind to be able to go out and compete and kind of be in the zone without getting myself too worked up. So, you know, part of me is like, can't, couldn't I have just figured that out, you know, eight, 10 years ago, <laughs> but you have to go through it, you know? Yeah. You have to go through it when you're, when you're in your first three years in the league, you're still trying to catch up to the pace and remember all the plays and get used to guarding, you know, these really talented women who've been in the league for longer than you have. And so um, you, you can't always apply it, you know, backwards, but I'm glad that I was able to really feel like that it was, it was a gift that I was, you know, I'm just going to enjoy this. This is all bonus at this point. And, um, you know, really special group to do it with. So it, it's, it's, it's easier said than done for sure, because we all say to each other, like, oh, just don't put so much pressure on yourself. But athletics is so performance-based, right? Like, it's, it depends on your stats, whether you get the job, whether you get to start. So, you know, I'm sure you experience the same thing in volleyball. 
Right. Yeah. And especially like at the professional level, because that's your livelihood. Like that's your career and what you do. It's what's bringing home the bread per se. Um, I'm curious. So in terms of like women's equality and um, just like the WNBA landscape, um, and I, this is a very broad question, but like what has your experience been with it? in the league um, as a professional and um, where do you notice like gaps um, what's good um, those sorts of things yeah you know this is a great discussion like topic to discuss because we are um, the WNBA and the NBA are, are often compared and often um, kind of pit against one another but it's that's really the wrong question to be asking you know we it's never about trying to say like you know we should be getting the exact same amount of money we would love to you know grow to that point but are, are we recognize you know we're right younger league we're we're still Build we're it. still building to that point and um i was able to work on our last cba with the players association and so be in a lot of these discussions about like okay when you talk about the overall experience of the WNBA player how can we start pushing that so that it starts to more resemble the overall experience of what our male counterparts are experiencing whether in in any of the other sport, pro sports leagues so right. you know we talked about a more equitable revenue share about more standardized kind of upgraded travel experience um, individual hotel rooms, um, really progressive benefits for working moms. And so, you know, we had a lot of exciting wins in addition to um, increased compensation and, and benefits and, and all these things where we look at the holistic approach of, you know, what it means to be a, a women's basketball player professionally in the WNBA and how can we kind of set the stage for that to continue to grow. So incredible to be in on, on those conversations I think it really helped um, one help me to understand better like how <laughs> I lost it for a sec sorry again there we go um, so the great thing about being in on those conversations is that I got to learn more about the business and really see that um, these other elements of the WNBA, the business side, the marketing, um, the decisions that you make when you are, um, you know, running a season, those are all still very interesting to me and help me to kind of visualize life after the court um, and really be able to look at these greater. Um... Oh, no, <laughs> I don't know why it keeps doing that. I, it might be my connection. I'm sorry. Um, so anyway, you know, the CBA was a huge way for us to really kind of start to push um, push for kind of a more equitable experience and set us put us in a position to really showcase how great the athletes are in our league, how competitive it is, and hopefully set the stage for continued growth as we continue to go on and on. Um, I'm so curious if you've had you know a similar experience with uh, on the volleyball side and how you know you've gone overseas but they also recently had um you know pro sports league 
here with the volleyball in the States, which is so exciting. And so, you know, are they able to unionize and all this stuff? If you have any, you know, I don't know if you've been able to follow much. Yeah, um, so I'm familiar with that league and I think it's fantastic that they're providing opportunities for, uh, I mean, not just volleyball players, but I, mean, I think they do lacrosse, softball, and maybe mm-hmm. even sports. So um, I love it. Um, I think for me as a volleyball player, I mean, being overseas is hard for sure. And like you, you've yeah. played so mm-hmm. many um, I think with volleyball, like not having a professional league here in the States, um, you know, that's just, that was definitely a huge, just a huge missed opportunity. Uh, I feel like there's so much talent in the volleyball community, especially like with the NCAA. I'm like, they, they, once they're seniors, will just like totally forego a professional career, even though they would probably excel and do really, really well because it's overseas and because, you know, even when you go overseas, you're not going to make that much money. And so there's really like a cost benefit analysis going here. It's so much higher a lot of the time than the benefits are. Mm -hmm. Um, That was really, unfortunately, like my experience, you know, my experience in Finland was pretty good, but like, was it sustainable? Would I like be okay with being overseas nine months out of the year, especially if I'm going through like mental challenges and like can't connect with my family as much. And right. Yeah. So I think that, um, I think that I wish, I mean, I just wish that there were more opportunities here in the States for professional women athletes. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like that would just be, that would just be such a blessing for all of us. Um, in terms of just like gender kind of, um, I guess like gender equality um, in Finland and a lot of the European leagues. Well, I know that most of our head coaches were men. Um, (laughs) A lot of them, like some of them like didn't even play volleyball, which I thought was Yeah. Um, or at least not like super competitively or like at a super high level. So I found that to be interesting. I know a lot of athletes complained about like, um, like being like hypersexualized and like team promotional materials. Um, and like in the calendar, for example, like having to pose in a bikini for like a friend where it's just like, what? Like we're athletes. Like why do we yeah. have to do this? Right. Um, so those are just a, a couple of things that, you know, experiences I've had are just been like, um, excuse me, what's going on here? Right. I, you know, one of the things that, um, that I think the last, it's crazy to say, you know, within the last year, but really with the pandemic is that, um, you know, for example, when we went into the bubble, um, we, I think everyone underestimated we knew that like okay we understood that we were going to be in a bubble we couldn't necessarily leave unless we like on the bus to go to the game we knew that that was going to be challenging but we all kind of underestimated like just how much of a toll that was going to take on us mentally Uh, and you know i i even thought like oh i'm easygoing we're going to be playing so many games they have a pool it'll be fine 
and then you find that like on the off day, you know, you can't go out to the grocery store. You, you have to get, you know, so almost like an off day was, was worse because then you, you're in the same space around the same people. It felt very, um, a bit like a microscope. And so I'm curious if you found that, you know, whether it's the pandemic or our discussions as a nation about social justice, racial equality, if you found that your your group, that the Virago Project is having to um, kind of utilize different tools or finding that there's more of a need for certain conversations just because we're all under so much pressure. Yeah, I mean, I think like the conversation of mental health is relevant, like so relevant when we're talking about just everything that that has happened and that has like the topics that have been at the forefront of our country of the world this year um in terms of the pandemic like i mean you said it like being trapped you know and feeling like you're in um under a microscope and you can't go anywhere i know so many student athletes in our community are feeling that so many mm -hmm. athletes too um we like we've had a few volleyball players in fact like who are overseas right now and um there was a time when like france was shut down like totally and like right down and like they're overseas they can't play and like they don't have roommates and they're supposed to be playing their sport and so um yeah that like the conversation of mental health and COVID are just like hand in hand right now for our community um and then also with the like social justice issues as well like i mean i like i think our athletes i i'm really proud of like the sport community for taking a very strong stance in all of this and like proactive and like i mean WNBA, kudos to you guys honestly like <laughs> you guys i mean won awards for it but if we had an award show we would give you an award oh thanks thanks you know, our, um, our, we have a social justice council and our executive committee just really did an incredible job of making sure that like, yes, we're here to play basketball. And also we're going to, you know, we had great learning sessions where we got to talk to people like Kimberly Crenshaw from Say Her Name and Stacey Abrams about voting advocacy. And so we were making sure that we were utilizing this opportunity to both inform ourselves and then um, you know, raise, raise issues and whether it was encouraging, you know, the vote, um, women's equality, gender equity, and then LGBTQ rights. And, yeah. and um, just, you know, I'm so proud of my colleagues in the WNBA. They did an incredible job and it was really our leadership who helped to organize that season and one that it went successfully and like we completed it, but also that, um, that that was so felt. And I think that was more meaningful that, um, it felt like that was getting out to the world beyond the bubble. So, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're you're so welcome. And you're right. Like you guys, you guys truly, truly did make an impact on people outside of the sport community and athletes as well. Um, and like in terms of mental health and like those issues, LGBTQ rights, racial justice. Um, the and sorry, that's my bedtime reminder. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, about mental health, I feel like comes in 
because we're getting so much information about this stuff um sometimes it can be very very heavy um mm -hmm. and i feel like there's like there's so much work to do and like as athletes we're always like okay we're gonna sprint and like get it all done right now and the conversations we've been having with student athletes is like it's okay to you know take breaks from these conversations if you need to like mm -hmm. Or well, this is a marathon and not a sprint. So um, yeah, that's kind of where our mental health conversations have been intersecting with larger issues in society right now. But yeah, that's awesome. I think it's, you know, it's really great that, that you guys have been able to support athletes, especially those who, you know, have, have kind of lost out on, on a season or part of their career, um, you know, I can't imagine. I can't, you know, I, I've often thought about how I think it's so difficult for the student athletes right now who, um, you know, are doing their best to fight through, but sometimes their seasons are getting canceled, games are getting postponed, um, and, and they're really doing their, their best to make, you know, make the best of it. And so um, it's awesome that you guys are offering that support. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you was, so you touched on it, like, on large scale, the WNBA has taken a part, obviously, in so many movements this year that have really made an impact. But how have, like, you personally, like, what actions have you taken? Because I know that you've done some things, um, and Athletes for Hope was kind of alluding to that earlier today while we were on the phone. Um, so I just wanted to hear, you know, like, what it was like, like as a WNBA player who is doing this work and on the ground and a part of it. Thanks. Um, you know, it's been it, the opportunity to, you know, one compete at such a, such a high level um, is like such a gift and the opportunity to like jump back into it this last season um, really confirmed that. And I think what I've, you know, on the one side as an athlete, getting able, being able to compete at the highest level against the best in the world. Um, it's a very unique experience um, as athletes. You can't really replicate it any other way. So that's, you know, that's incredible. And then um, I got involved with our players association just because, you know, I was interested in kind of learning more about, okay, well, how, how do we run a league? What are the things that I need to know? You know, once I kind of got a handle on like, I think I'm going to know my plays and everything for the next game. Um, you know, what else can I do to help? And um, a lot of that is from really impressive veteran players that I had when I was younger. So Swin Cash, Ruth Riley, um, Tamika Catchings, you know, these legends who were doing a great job of being uh, so strong on the court and then making sure that they were setting things up for the next generation of players off the court and with the players association. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I'd say, you know, my, something I'm really excited about was um, we launched into voter voting rights advocacy and turning out the vote. Um, this was after the 2016 election. And I think everyone was feeling just kind of, um, overwhelmed with just what was coming at us, but also feeling like, what can I do? And, um, you know, I was talking to my family and my family is very tuned in to um, what's going on with, with current affairs. I have siblings who work on the Hill. And so they're like, honestly, 
like at the end of the day, people just need to vote. Um, you know, my brothers at the time had the job where like they answer calls when people say, call your congressman, someone's answering the phone. Um, so feeling like as, as players, we could encourage people to, you know, this is an action that we can take. You can make sure that you are paying attention to who your, your representative is, um, especially because this was heading into the midterm elections. And so um, just getting people excited and, and feeling like, you know, they have some power back at a time when, when I think we were all feeling overwhelmed and um, that all came back again. So, you know, launching a partnership with Rock the Vote was really exciting and they've been an, a huge resource for us. Uh, also being able to link up with When We All Vote and then LeBron James started his More Than a Vote. And so um, that just kept evolving into um, more exciting things. And then, um, you know, the Atlanta Dream really came out and supported um, Reverend Warnock and, and really, I think, made a difference in the Georgia elections. And so um, that's been really exciting. And I think the fact that you've seen, um, you know, the WNBA and these, these female athletes who are kind of leading the way and, and that this really caught on was a lot of fun. And um, I'm just happy that, like, <laughs> that it seems to have really energized people. Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, it's interesting because, like, we know that, like, women in terms of where we are compared to our male counterparts, like, we know there's a gap. So I, I, I find it so admirable, too, that, you know, it's the women who are leading this mission. And, um, yeah, I just think that's so cool. Thanks. You know, I, I think, like, I was thinking about um, kind of that notion of wanting people wanting to um, be able to have kind of like some action steps, right? Because it's, it's really helpful to, um, it's good to know that there's, that there's a problem out there somewhere, or that there's something that we're all trying to mitigate or close the gap. Um, and it's another to feel like, okay, now what? Um, and so I think that kind of inspiring to act was, was a really fun part. And, um, you know, when I was thinking about what can we do, um, you know, I'd love to hear if you have any kind of action items or if you think that there are, there are things that people can can do to kind of celebrate Women's History Month as we're going through this month and thinking about all the great women athletes out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, since we, we are athletes here and we're talking about sport, um, I think the easiest way to support women athletes is to you know, treat them in the same way we would men's teams. So go to their games, mm -hmm. buy um, follow the athletes on Instagram, engage with their content, um, like listen to women's sports podcasts, um, all these, all these things. I mean, it's, it sounds really simple, but watch them on TV. Like, <laughs> it yeah. sounds simple, all, but Yeah, all those metrics are, are measurable. And so if, um, you know, that uptick in, in people paying attention and in viewership, whether it's engaging on social. Yeah, it's, it's, it absolutely matters. I agree with you there. Yeah, definitely. What would you say in terms of like takeaways for? Yeah. You know, I think it's going to look a little different for everybody. And um, especially in a pandemic, you know, I'd love to tell everyone like, run outside right now and go start a league for the little girls in your neighborhood. But, all, you know, we're trying to stay safe and everyone needs to do what they need to do. So um, 
One, I'm going to shout out, you know, all the incredible women of the WNBA who've done Players' Tribune pieces and have spoken about a lot of these things, whether it was our CBA um, or, you know, gender equality, racial equality, our season. So, you know, Neko Gumake, Glacia Clarendon, Asia Wilson, uh, Natasha Cloud, they've all really, like, given us things to think about and, and action items there. And so if anyone's looking for like more things to read, I want to point you to, um, you know, the women of the WNBA because they've got some great ideas. Um, and then I think, like you said, you know, engaging and finding, finding that way that makes the most sense to each one of us. So, you know, if there's an opportunity for someone to jump in as, as a coach or to, um, you know, be a resource to the league or, um, you know, I think even what you're doing, a, a huge issue we see in women's sports is the drop-off in participation in girls' sports as they get older. And a lot of that can be because they they have, you know, conflicting interests. It's starting to be a lot of pressure with school. The resources aren't the same. So it's really, you know, looking to um, lend a hand however you can. If you're able to coach, great. If you're able to buy the orange hoodie, awesome. You know, so it's whatever, all those small things do really matter. Um, and then I would say keep tuning in to these, these uh, Athletes for Hope sessions because there's been some fun conversations. But yeah, anything else from you? Because I think it's, it is helpful to kind of walk away from these feeling like, all right, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Yeah, no, those were all so good. Um, yeah, and, you know, I was just, I was thinking about things, too, like, podcast. Um, oh, you froze again. No, oh. <laughs> I'm going to shout out a few here that are, that are my favorite that I listen to a lot. So just women's sports, um, Kelly O'Hara, um, and then also Burn It All Down Pod, which is like a feminine sport um, podcast I just love. So I'm going to give those to you and our viewers today. That's awesome. All right. Anything else that we want to talk about? We didn't even have a chance to do icebreakers or anything, but I think this is just, you're so, you're so incredible. So we didn't even need them. It's awesome. Thank you likewise, likewise, this was good. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. I feel like, you know, you're just so knowledgeable about this stuff too. And um, I love that. Yeah. I'm just, thank you so much. This was a good conversation. And Thanks. I really, you know, I love the opportunity to talk to athletes in other sports too, um, because, you know, I've, I've kind of been in the weeds and in, in basketball. And if you had told me five years ago that I'd be, I'd know this, it, it really came from like, being on a team of great people who were also helping us to like digest all this when it came to the CBA and everything. But um, yeah, this was awesome. Thank you so much. What's, what are you guys up to next? What's kind of the next thing we should watch out for from the Virago project? That is a great question right now. I mean, we're just doing what we do right now. So <laughs> working on our programs, um, pushing out content and making friends like we're doing here today. Oh. I support people. <laughs> Amazing. Well, let me know how I can help. Um, and so, yeah, thanks to Athletes for Hope for connecting us. This was so much fun. Yeah, thank you, Athletes for Hope. And I'm looking forward to watching these other ones, too. Um, appreciate 
everything, Carolyn. And yeah, have fun on your off season. Relax. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, everyone. Kylie here. Thanks so much for listening, and especially thank you to Carolyn and Taylor for taking part in that conversation in March of 2021. Just to quickly recap, here are some of the ways that Carolyn and Taylor, as you just heard, um, said that you could support women in and out of sports. So let's see. The first one was listening to the Burn It All Down and Just Women's Sports podcasts. Read the Players' Tribune articles from WNBA players. Volunteer as a coach for women and girls sports in your area. Watch and attend women's games. Follow female athletes on social media and engage with their content. Buy women's sports merch. I am still trying to get my hands on an orange WNBA sweatshirt, and I, um, I'll i get it. I promise. I'm going to get it. Um, and lastly, vote your values. So again, thank you everyone so much for listening, and we'll see you in episode two.